when a guard would stop and talk to you, you used to stand back and you would yell so people could hear what you were saying to that guard as they walked by or, or within the vicinity. But he knew what a convict was going to do before they thought of it themselves. He'd just been around that long and uh, he was tough. They'd find uh, Sparky in about every conceivable place you could imagine, which we would, of course, dump. They'd wait until everybody was locked up and he would open his door, run down to cell one and get a bugler can full of Sparky and take it back to his cells. She had a kind of a hypnotic power. There were a great many wild cats around the penitentiary, and most people couldn't get near them. But she would stand in the doorway of the cell house and say, Kitty, 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 and those cats would go to her. Well, welcome to Stool Pigeon Saturday. Today we have James Klimek, who is a longtime tour guide and just an extraordinary researcher here at the <laughs> old pen um so james thank you for being here with us well thank um, you yeah so can you tell us a little about yourself what you do and how long you've been giving tours and things out here at the old pen yeah uh so i uh went to boise state university from 2012 until 2016 majored in history and as soon as i was graduated i came here started working here at the summer of 2016 and then I got a job at the Nampa School District as a history teacher at Nampa High. So I've been doing both gigs for the past few years, and it's been great um, doing teaching during the uh, school year and then tours here and then random stuff, mm-hmm. frightened felons and whatnot. Yeah. Well, thank you for being a history teacher because their good ones are few and far between and mm-hmm. teachers just don't get paid what they should get paid. And it's a bit of a thankless job, especially in high school. And it's a lot of just really basic stuff that you have to kind of gloss over. So being a, a history major and someone who potentially is headed that way, I, I appreciate all your efforts and teaching your kids. Yeah. It was my history. pleasure. Yeah. How have you kind of settled into it? You've, you've fairly new at it right? uh, uh, kind of so my my first year i taught you know u.s and then psychology and then oh. i taught myths and legends and geography and psychology and then this year i'm going to u.s history again mm-hmm. and myths and legends so every year i've kind of done something different and so when i think i'm like good to go they're like hey guess what and i'm like cool i would love to do this this is why yeah. just our school system is broken like we're forcing history majors to teach geography and geography is so boring (laughs) (laughs) sorry no offense to geographers out there just yeah no my best friend's a geographer sorry anthony's best friend just unvolved this podcast (laughs) we gotta we gotta have someone who's not related to us listen to the podcast (laughs) um it's actually they're making good strides into fixing stuff like that it used to be that if you Uh, majored in one of six areas and then took one class in the other five Mm -hmm. you could teach all six subjects having only taken one class in most of them oh boy they got rid of that the year i graduated so i'm i can teach all six of those classes but i don't like to yeah because i'm not what's the word i'm not a professional enough in those areas not Mm -hmm. knowledgeable enough right so i finally kind of put my foot down i was like look uh, not only is this bad for me, but it's bad for the students. Absolutely. And so they got somebody to do it, and I'm excited Good. because the students deserve that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that is our Stool Pigeon Saturday Soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> Education in Idaho. Hey. That's great. Well, yeah, thank you for uh, taking some time out, doing some research, some extra work outside of your already busy schedule to yeah. do this. And uh, what do you have for us today? So today I want to talk about uh, one of my favorite subjects here at the penitentiary, and that is Dennis the Cat. Oh. Yeah, he's my favorite, and he has been for a long time. I hope you guys don't mind, but I'm kind of going to structure this almost like a lesson. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm not just going to tell the Dennis story. I'm going to talk about also his legacy mm-hmm. and uh, the historical accuracy as it's depicted here mm-hmm. versus what we actually know from the sources, mm-hmm. right. which I know this is going to come as a surprise to you guys. There is some uh, inaccuracies. Yeah, in a few the, discrepancies. Yeah. Wait, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, Dennis was not six feet tall what? and 200 pounds. Yep. He's just a small cat. Very so, close, do you though. remember one time I found in the clock, we were looking for like other prison pets, and there was an article that said that our, the, the, our favorite cat, Dennis, may have some competition. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what his name was, but it like gave a name oh, about yeah. like a potential new pet. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't know if this is a person. Oh. I don't know if this is an <laughs> yeah. actual pet. And then later I found another article in the clock that talked about the same guy and basically told him that he was really fat and that he needed to lose weight. Yeah. And it became very clear it was a human. And I was mm. like, Ugh, yes. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> anyway so, yeah side, side note Dennis. Yeah. so i'm glad you brought up the clock because i'm going to talk about that a little bit that's our what would you call the news monthly newsletter yeah which yeah, inmate publication yeah so, yeah that's a very professional way of stating it inmate <laughs> publication uh when in when anthony told me about it i was like oh it'll be a couple pages <laughs> i'll go down to the archives and i'll look through 12 years of oh, the clock no and i'll find dennis <laughs> nope uh turns out the clock is not <laughs> shorts nope um no. I, and it's not indexed either yeah. no and there's some missing there's some missing months unfortunately mm-hmm. um the the ones that i was looking through were like 40 50 pages yeah. uh so it came down to you know do you go deep do you go wide or do you do it quickly mm-hmm. and so i just had to choose two and i went with breadth and quick mm-hmm. so i didn't mm-hmm. go to, into i didn't get to read everything unfortunately right. yeah but i found, i did find some stuff about dennis that i had not seen before so I'm going to be excited to talk about that today. Yes, nice, yeah. yeah. And the the clock was it was a as a newspaper that was completely written and produced by the inmates. They had their own printing press and everything. And they would, for like twenty five cents a year, you would get this monthly magazine that was written by inmates here. So often family members would would pay this twenty five cents and get these all these articles in there. You know, their son wrote a poem in the the some page with beautiful art made by some other inmates it was it was this nice little publication so yeah it's kind of a cool thing i don't know if you were going to talk about that uh i mean uh, i might have i don't know oh, where this okay. is going yet but the, the, <laughs> no. the clock was basically active from like 1948 through until the the prison closed down and currently in idaho uh we do not have an inmate publication i i think sky's gonna like this um i get to correct anthony on something oh. yes. yes 47 47 that's right it was like <laughs> Anthony, november of 47 right yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> i made yeah. the mistake when i went in i was like start me off at the beginning yeah and so i got 47 and i was like mm, oh, maybe no. i should start yeah. in 52 yeah yeah, yeah. Was around. in the 30s they they had another publication called the wall city bulletin mm-hmm. which oh man that that is some classic writing <laughs> <laughs> it's fun yeah cool 
So the first thing I want to talk about is going to be like the legend of Dennis the Cat, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be the story that you hear more or less from anyone who gives a tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to follow that up with like the legacy. Like what what are prisons doing now that has to do mm-hmm. with prison pets? I like it. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about the accuracy of the historical record mm-hmm. and what ag- what agrees and what doesn't with the legend. So I'll start with the legend, if that's okay. Yeah. Cool. Please. So... As it goes, in 1952, there's an inmate who was doing his daily duties in number two yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard both the chicken coop and um, the barn. Yeah. Turns out from the historical record, it was the chicken coop. Mm-hmm. So he's doing his daily duties in the chicken coop, and he happened to cross what he thought to be a three to four week old kitten. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find this cat's mama cat, despite searching high and low for her, of course. Was afraid this kitten wouldn't survive the night, and so he snuck it in through uh, the two-yard gate mm-hmm. when he came in. Couldn't show anybody because, you know, no pets allowed in prison. Mm-hmm. And so he and about six other inmates would pass uh, this cat back and forth between their cells to keep him hidden from the guards. Mm-hmm. So that lasted about six weeks when finally a guard discovered Dennis, took him to the warden, and initially the warden was furious, like, ah, brah, 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 cat in my prison, brah, brah, brah. It's probably not a historically accurate representation I think that's exactly how it went. (laughs) (laughs) So the warden then looked at his ledger and noticed that these six inmates that were hiding the cat were, like, the best-behaved inmates Mm. for the past, like, six weeks because they didn't want him found. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so the warden decided he was going to make a deal with these inmates. He said... Tell you what, I'm going to let you guys keep this cat, but you have to let him go wherever he wants, whenever he wants. If he escapes or if he dies, we're done. This is not a thing anymore. And if there's a big hullabaloo, if there's a riot, then I'm taking him away and no more prison pets. And so the inmates agreed. They named him Dennis. And Dennis quickly became beloved by not only the inmates, but also by the staff. Mm -hmm. So he would not spend two nights in the same cell. So he traveled around. He got to know all of the inmates. Uh, He would visit the guards up in the towers and he would go into the administration building. Everyone loved Dennis. Yeah. Dennis was hoped to be a good mouser because there was a mouse problem at the time. But in order to get fed, all he had to do was go to the dining hall and just he would get whatever he wanted because everyone loved Dennis. Uh, so he ended up being a 16-pound cat. So quite portly. Yeah, it's a big cat. Yeah. In his later years, he ended up spending most of his time in the barber shop. And one day, on Memorial Day of 1968, he got up on the barber shop counter and meowed at the barber. The barber pulled out a clump of blankets and towels, which was... Dennis's bed, put him on the counter and left for the day. And Dennis laid down and the barber returned the next day and found that Dennis had passed away. Mm. He was so beloved by both the staff and the inmates that the warden not only allowed the inmates to build him his own tombstone, but to also have a full funeral with eulogies from prisoners and guards. (laughs) So for three days, there was a procession of inmates and guards who went by his grave and gave their accounts um, from Dennis. Uh, it is said that for the 16 years he was here were the most peaceful times here at the penitentiary because no one wanted Dennis taken away. Mm. Oh. Yeah. So it really Dennis. goes to show what a simple feline can do for a group of hardened criminals mm-hmm. in a penitentiary. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the that's the legend of Dennis the Cat. Now, 
what is his legacy, right? So um, turns out, and this is not necessarily as a result of Dennis himself, mm-hmm. but uh, this is a program that is being used both for male and female inmates. Um, there's two programs. The first one's called the Inmate Dog Alliance Project of Idaho, mm-hmm. uh, called, and I might be pronouncing the acronym wrong, but ADAPI, IDAPI, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. There are up to 30 dogs that go through this program each year. They use positive reinforcement techniques in order to train these often not well-trained dogs in the the correctional facility. There's apparently three different facilities that they use this program at, and it rotates. Mm -hmm. Uh, This program has been going since 2004, and it teaches the inmates responsibility, patience, tolerance, persistence, and empathy. So these inmates get these dogs, they train them, and then those animals are set to be put up for adoption through the Idaho Humane Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also enforces a sense of community and higher morale with the inmates. Uh, this program, or some program like it, is used all over the United States, mm-hmm. and it's very effective in keeping inmates with high morale and being a part of the community, which mm-hmm. is important. Uh, in fact, I look today, and there are six dogs available to be adopted oh. through the Humane Society that have gone through this program. So if any of our listeners are in the local area and are thinking about getting a dog, you can go through this process. Uh, that being said, it is a longer process because these dogs have they've been through the rigors, right? They want to make sure they go to the right homes, mm-hmm. but that's what the Humane Society is for, mm-hmm. right? The other program that we have in Idaho, and I think they got the acronym before they got the actual name. <laughs> it is called the Women Inmate Social Kitty Retreats, or Whisker. Oh, yeah. Uh, so this one is kitty run retreat. just, yeah, kitty retreat. That sounds like the best retreats. <laughs> the best. <laughs> uh, this one's at the South Boise Women's Correctional Facility. And uh, usually cats come in here when they have upper respiratory um, problems. They also have mama cats and their kittens that come in. Babies. Yeah. And then orphaned kitties that um, whose mothers have either... Who are, not, who are not around for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. So these are usually kittens that have to be bottle-fed by inmates. Same thing, teaches these inmates, you know, responsibility, patience, tolerance, empathy. Uh, this one's a little newer. This one was launched in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so apparently the, the men's program with the dogs worked really well, so they decided to extend that to the women's. So this is something that is very effective and, like I said, used all over the country. Mm-hmm. So... Like I said, not necessarily a direct legacy from Dennis, but something that has been used, you know, for the better part of a decade in this state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I'd like to move on to um, the historical accuracy of the story I just told you. And this should come as no surprise. There's some yeah. not accurate or what's the you, Ina- you, inaccuracies? Yeah, inaccuracies, yeah. some discrepancies. discrepancies. That's Again, the smart I record. say what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so the the one source that we've all seen is uh, Dennis's obituary, mm-hmm. which I will talk about a little bit. But first, I want to go through some sources that I found from the clock. And these were from like shorter sections. And two articles were from The Snooper and from Stray Shots. So the earliest one was from April of 1955. And this uh, read that Dennis, and then in quotations, the cat, Menace, So Dennis the Menace, eyeing the goldfish in the new pond in the yard, which has the biggest gleam in his eye, Lucky or Dennis? (laughs) So Dennis was had his eye on some goldfish out in the yard. 
because there was a pond mm. in what is now the the rose, rose garden, garden. Mm -hmm. and that's where the story of champ also comes in yes. was he was a big old frog big sitting old there frog. with his on his lily pad yeah so they put some goldfish in there for his probably amazing. not for Dennis, but yeah. just for you know. And they were out. they would make bets because apparently this bullfrog could eat anything, mm -hmm. and they would make bets on you know ah oh, he can't eat that that grasshopper is huge and he would eat it and then it just kept going up until he ate a sparrow. Oh my god! He ate a wow. bird. Yeah, and that <laughs> like the newspaper has a photo of him and it's a just photo? yeah like the not, news not Idaho the statesman did a report on this this frog and there's a photo you to send me that i do i do i'll post that on this in this as well <laughs> nice so fun um so the the article from uh stray shots and this is this really goes back to like the kind of the legend of dennis that everyone loved him and he was beloved mm -hmm. and everyone protected him uh so this one's titled hitchhiker and this one says best prize for the most rides garnered in the week goes to dennis the menace the number two yard cat Come rain or shine, he's always waiting at the gate for a free ride to the upholstery shop perched atop the shoulder of Paul H. So I don't know who Paul H is, but presumably an inmate. Mm -hmm. It goes on to say, who says cats are dumb? <laughs> so Dennis knew what he was doing. He, he owned the place. Cute. Um, so that's really the only, the only solid information we have from him during his lifetime that I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. um, the rest of everything we get from his, from his obituary. And I know that I'm going to tear up when I go through some of this. Maybe oh. not. We'll see what happens. It's I sweet. teared up yeah. in a, our, recording our last episode, so it's yeah. fine. Yeah. So obviously I'm not going to go through and I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to kind of give you guys the, the TLDR version. Is that a good term? I should probably say. I should give you guys the Spark Notes version. Yes. There we yes. go. Yes. Yeah. Too long, didn't read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So That's it's like such a high school term. Five paragraphs, and then like you have one sentence that sums up the five paragraphs. Like, okay, so the Spark Notes version is that as far as as far as we know, uh, Dennis was brought into the yard in June of 1952. So one month after the legend says, uh, the legend says that he survived or that he was in the yard uh, exactly 16 years from Memorial Day of 52 until Memorial Day of 1968. So. Not a huge deal, one month. Mm -hmm. He was first given to a prisoner in a box in the license plate factory. So supposedly he came from the chicken coop, but no one knows who did it. Mm -hmm. And we don't know how that box came into the yard, what have you. Mm -hmm. He was snuck meat from the butcher shop by the inmates. Mm -hmm. So he was kind of a secret inside the license plate factory, but not in a cell. Mm -hmm. That inmate was locked up in solitary confinement for who knows what reason. Mm -hmm. And so a new inmate had to take over for the first inmate in order to make sure Dennis was fed. By all accounts, it took about a year for Dennis to warm up to new inmates. And so new inmates were, have you guys, it, they were called fish, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so in this, in this, it said that uh, you knew someone wasn't a fish when Dennis would approach him mm. so he was kind of the gatekeeper like oh dennis came up to you you're no longer a fish you're an old timer now yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that second inmate was transferred somewhere else and then dennis mostly moved to the barber shop and that's eventually where he would pass away it was said that anytime that he came onto the yard where games were being played croquet basketball whatever mm -hmm. uh, the games would stop and people just let dennis through he was a vip um <laughs> guards would actually open doors for dennis mm -hmm. so he definitely got special oh treatments my gosh. yeah i love the story oh it is the best <laughs> um so i already mentioned the two art the two other articles 
from the clock that I could find. And I would like to read uh, the last one of the last pieces oh, from his obituary yeah. because I couldn't I couldn't say it any better than Ed Eline, who wrote this obituary for Dennis. It says, with a ceremony that would have done credit to a small town mayor, the old cat, <laughs> the old cat was laid to rest in a grave hewed out of a lawn he had considered his own personal property. A concrete slab was poured atop the grave. A stainless steel plaque engraved in the machine shop tells his story. For several days, a steady procession of hardened convicts went around behind the building to see Dennis's grave. Not a single person associated with the prison has been heard to laugh about the elaborate burial or gravestone. God, yeah. so dang sweet. So yeah. Sweet. I can't believe it. Yeah. yeah. So, so what, and this is, this is something, you know, the discrepancies between the legend of Dennis the Cat and the historical accuracy is something that we deal with in history all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So the question I would pose to readers and I would pose to you guys is what do we do now, right? We, we can't say with certainty that the story that we've been telling is 100% true, but it's a great story, mm-hmm. right? So when does it go from, you know, we know it's not true, but it's such a great story that we want to keep telling it. Or do we kind of face up to the historical accuracy and say, this is what we do now? I always think that the actual story is... It's so sweet. Good. Like, it's, it's just it's good. as good yeah. as the legend. Mm-hmm. Which, so sorry, I did have a quick question. So he was hidden in the license plate factory. Which is two yard. Two yard yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. And then eventually he's moved to the barbershop. So at what point did officials find out about him? And we there's nothing know. in there's the record no, that yeah, says no documentation about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah, interesting. So it may have been just one of those things where he had been kind of established and found in the tag plant at mm-hmm. some point, and then it was just, it was like, just like a eh, thing. Yeah. yeah, but it was pretty common to have you know mousers at this institution. But Dennis like achieved a status beyond just a prison mouser. Like that that is his legacy, mm-hmm. and I feel like if we just tell this story and. You know, I I always talk about the clock and this two-page obituary written about a cat. Mm -hmm. My grandma didn't even have a two-page obituary (laughs) in the newspaper. Like, this is a solid. Well, and it's such it's such good language as Mm -hmm. it's being written. Like, it's clearly people who cared about him. Like, this isn't just some like prison cat that's Mm -hmm. just like ah whatever he was around. Like. It again. It goes to show the humanity of these right. these inmates that they cared for this other being. That no matter what they'd done, they cared about this cat. And they were. I wonder how much of it was like they were taught to care about this cat. Like yeah. that's Dennis. You yeah. don't mess with him. Nobody messes. With yeah. Us. Like yeah. you will have all of us to mm-hmm. to pay if you do. And and like, oh, I love it. I I actually shadowed a former inmate who served in sixty five, like sixty five through sixty six here. And he was just taking me through the site, and I'm asking him questions about different things. And then he said, whatever happened to that cat? And I, you know, I grinned. I'm like, which cat? Because I wanted to just, you know, just test him. He's like, ah. And I said, Dennis? And he's like, Dennis, yeah. And he lit up. And I showed him the grave, and he was tearing up. And he's like, Dennis was everybody's cat. Like, you you don't understand how important this cat was to us here at this site. And, And I don't know. That... That made it real for me that, wow, this little feline shared so much love to all these men who were, are the unloved and they're, they're forgotten. They're behind these gray walls and, you know, where they're meant to be without anything. And, you know, they had this little 
piece of of heart that would rub up against their leg and make them feel good something that they don't have like you don't get that in prison and that's why these programs are so effective and Mm -hmm. i think his legacy of this great little spark of of joy i don't know i I think it's important for us to always tell that story. And I, I think to tell it, like like we were saying, the way it is, it's not that different. Like, it's not going to take that much to be like, mm-hmm. we used to say it this way, but it turns out this is actually how it was. Mm-hmm. And it's still, like, I'm still like, hello, Dennis, so much. <laughs> like, even after it's, you know, this story is different than what yeah. I've been telling. So uh, people will be just as touched by this this true story than than the legend and yeah. dennis is dennis he was here for 16 years and everyone right. loved him like that's the basis of our legend and that's the basis of the truth yeah. so there, there's ugh. this great recent story in the early aughts that there was a kitten oh, found I, in the prison yard and so the staff here at the site this is before my time they they decided to take this cat in and they were raising the cat and they named it Dennis, of course. And unfortunately, someone had to take Dennis home because he kept setting off alarms. (laughs) So, but I hope that it would be really cool if someday we could get another prison cat here. And JC would love that. I would love that. I think everybody here would love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Visitors like seeing this cat dart by. Yeah. Oh. Dennis is such a good story. James, thank you for yes, bringing this in. So and oh, I love this. Oh, I, such a happy, happy day. Yeah. I might <laughs> reach out to Department of Corrections and see if someone, a representative from these different programs that you've spoken about, you know, if they would come and talk about the things that they've seen happen with the program. And maybe great. if I could speak to some of the inmates and say, mm-hmm. you know, see how how much it has affected them so we can get a contemporary voice of you know what a dentist will do in your life that's, absolutely that's yeah, a great idea so neat nice well, thank yeah. you well, thank inspiring. you this wow. is great guys cool. thank you for having me yeah anything else you want to add uh i don't think so i mean yeah i mean dennis is my favorite and even after the research like you guys said you know he had an impact here and he will continue to have an impact as long as we're an organization mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah Awesome. Well, we always uh, like to end our podcast by uh, seeing how you'll respond. If we say, do your own time, how would you respond? Do your own number. Yeah! (laughs) You got it, James. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys. (laughs) See you all next week. If you enjoyed Behind Gray Walls, please rate, review, and subscribe so others can find our podcast. If you're interested in more Old Idaho Penitentiary information and to see mugshots of the inmates featured in this episode, follow the Old Idaho Penitentiary on Instagram and Facebook. If you want to learn more about the Idaho State Historical Society and its other sites, follow ID State Historical Society on Instagram or visit history.idaho.gov. If you have a question or comment for the hosts, please email us at behindgraywalls at gmail.com.